0: So I come from El Salvador. I lived there for 12 years. I grew up over there with my grandmother. Due to the social and political problems and economic problems in El Salvador, my mom had to come here when I was only one year and a half. She had to leave me and my two other siblings, which are older than me. She decided to come here in order to provide us with a better future. Five years after she left, she was able to raise enough money in order to bring us back with her because she missed us so much. I was like six and a half, I think I was, and at that age, I didn't remember her, so I actually thought she wasn't my mother. I thought my grandmother was my mother. My brother and sister they remember her, and they they were so excited to come with her, and I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna go." I was very young to make such a huge decision. But my mother, um, she didn't want me to be unhappy. or cause She knew how hard the traveling from El Salvador to the United States is by land. So they decided to leave me there with my grandmother. And my two siblings came to reunite with her. When I was 12, there was two earthquakes that happened in El Salvador. And they were in 2001, one month apart from each other. And that was really traumatizing for me. To like, see how the houses just were torn apart hearing in the news how like some houses had just fell down and like people just died and I was really traumatized so I, I started seeing a psychologist and the psychologist helped me understand the the reasons why my mother left and she helped me like understand the life struggles and then that's when I was able to like connect with my mother and like I would talk to her on the phone. My grandmother was going to come here to the United States because she was getting in the process of getting her green card, and I was afraid that she was going to leave me again and that it was going to be another person living in my life. So I told, I called my mother, I think it's time for me to go and reunite with you guys. That's when I left El Salvador. The whole trip took about three weeks, and it wasn't legal for me to come here, but I just thought that that's what people had to do to come to the United States. Just come by land and, like, It was very, very difficult, like, traveling through Guatemala, through Mexico, crossing, like, all the small towns, all all the cities. We had a guide, a person that was guiding us. I remember we were in the border of Mexico. We had to learn how to speak, like, a Mexican when we were there because in order to pass and not get caught. So we just kept going from car to car, from bus to bus. I remember we had to stay in one part of Mexico for a week because... There was nobody to guide us, so we stayed at some person's house. It was scary because sometimes we would travel, like, in a car for 24 hours, and then we would get into places that I I don't even know, like, if they were safe or not. You don't know what's going to happen to you tomorrow. And being 12 years old, there's a lot of changes happening to, like, just mentally and, like, even physically that it's difficult. After a few weeks of traveling... We finally made it to Southern Texas border. They took us to a river that we had to cross. And they told us, oh, you made it to the United States. Now just go and maybe they'll catch you. But you're in in the mainland, so they can't deport you because you're a kid or something like that. That's what they said. It was only the underage people that they did that with, and some people that were with them. And we're like, we don't even know how to speak English. So we crossed the river. We went into, it was a golf course. We changed our clothes. We left our old clothes behind and started walking in the middle of that golf course. And, like, there were some people, like, dressed very, really, really nice, like, rich people playing golf. They were just looking at us, like, what are they doing? And we just kind of, like, smiled to them. And then we just started walking. We got out of the golf course, and that's when this truck tapas and that was the immigration officers that had caught us and they were like uh, what are you guys doing the only thing i knew how to say was like i am from el salvador <laughs> and that's what i said to them oh I, I am from el salvador and then they tried speaking english and, and were we like no like no comprende no no sabemos and then then you guys you guys have to come with us they they, they spoke spanish too and they brought us into these small like jail looking places And they interview us, they ask us where we were going, they ask us the information of our family in the United States, and they actually contacted my mother, and my mother was really scared because she didn't know what, what was happening to me, and they were really, like, rude. Like, they were screaming at me, and they were, like, being very, very mean. It's almost, like, dehumanizing the way they treat you. They talk down on you, and, like, that's where I, like, started crying, and I told them that I had, like, a panic attack. I kept crying because I was so scared. So in Texas, it was difficult to, like, even buy a bus ticket since we didn't even spoke English. So we had people, like, helping us. There was people that gave us food. I crossed from Texas to Los Angeles, so we passed Arizona. There were some times that they would stop the bus and they would ask for documents. I was like, I don't have any documents. So I just showed them the, the papers that the immigration officers told me to show them. When I finally made it into Los Angeles, I was so sick and tired of traveling by bus. It had been like three weeks of not knowing what was gonna happen. And like, when I got off the bus, I finally like met my mother. And that was really, really um beautiful moment because I didn't remember seeing her in person. So I just jumped on her and hugged her and like, we both start crying. And then we took a flight to Massachusetts and that's where I ran out with my brother and my sister. I was put in seventh grade, and the first day that my mother dropped me off, I was really, really nervous because I didn't really know what what was going to happen. I remember entering the school, and, like, everybody was speaking English. Everybody was talking to people, and, like, like I tried to speak to people, and, like, they couldn't understand me. The only person that spoke Spanish was two other kids from my grade, one teacher, and it was just very, very difficult. Trying to learn the school, trying to learn math, trying to learn social studies, trying to learn to learn science. It was just so difficult to be like in the middle of like a group of people that don't really know your language. You don't really know what to do. I used to carry like like a little translator with me at all times. Sometimes when I read books, I used to translate word by word, like trying to learn as quickly as possible so that I could like talk to people and like learn what I was supposed to learn and get good grades, because that was one of the most shocking, saddest moments of me immigrating here, when I, like, started getting, like, bad grades. My first year that I was here, I had, like, C's, D's. I had really, really bad grades. To me, that was really bad grades, because in El Salvador, I was always, I'm on like, the top students, and then I get here, and, like, I was just doing bad. I was just, like, oh, my God, how am I going to solve this problem? Like, So the first and second year of high school, even though it was easier for me to understand the English, I didn't try as hard. I focused more on, like, working and didn't really care about school because I knew I wasn't going to go to college. It wasn't until senior year of high school that I saw, like, everybody was so excited about going off to college, going to these, like, so prestigious universities, and I was like, I wish I could do that, and I wish I could go to college. I started doing research, and I was like, Actually, if I go to, like, a community college and there, maybe I can transfer to a four-year school, that would actually give me financial aid, even if I'm undocumented. And that's where I, like, took all my money savings. And right after high school, I signed up for class at Holy Community College. Even though I had to pay out-of-state tuition, like, I was working two jobs, going to school full-time, and paying for my own education, and that was... That was really challenging. Like, sometimes you don't have time to focus on your homework and focus on your work. And also, because I was undocumented, I couldn't drive. So, getting from Florence to Holy Community College was always one of the biggest struggles. Like, sometimes I had to walk two miles to get to the bus stop, because that, that was the closest bus stop, then take two buses. That would take two hours. Because I was paying for my own education, that's where I start caring more about getting good grades, trying really hard, working really hard, learning as much as I could. And my first semester at Holyoke Community College, I saw this flyer on the wall that said, interested in transferring to, and there were a bunch of colleges listed. It was like um, UMass, Amherst, Amherst College, Hampshire College, Smith, Mount Holyoke, Cornell. There was like a lot of different names of colleges. And then he said, go visit this person at this time, which it was Irma Medina, who after I went to visit her, she was like, oh, yeah, like a student just got into Amherst College last semester. So you could definitely do it. And that's where I like start working extra hard to get those grades, to take more classes and to become like like a qualifying applicant for Amherst College or Hampshire College, because that's where I wanted to go. go, Because like I knew those colleges would offer financial aid for documented or DACA students. For those who are coming here, one of the things that I recommend for them not to like internalize any type of discrimination that they face because the more you internalize discrimination and the more you like close your, your possibilities, those people that think just because I'm undocumented, I can't do this, I can't do that, I won't be able to do this, I won't be able to do that. No, you have to always think of yourself, yes, there's a possibility that I can do this, even if it's something that Like, you consider something very, like, difficult to get or obtain. It's all about, like, fighting for your dreams in order to, like, make them a reality.